Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. This week's movie asks the very important question, why are there sharks on the moon? I don't know if that question becomes important until you answer the question, are there sharks on the moon? That's true. That's true. There are, it turns out, sharks on the moon. Yeah. And this movie does answer the question, why are there sharks on the moon? Mm -hmm. The Russians put them there. Yeah. But which side of the moon are they on? Well, that's given away in the title. Oh, is it? Because this week's movie is Shark Side of the Moon from 2022. It's like a comedic pun. It is. Which really is the only reason why I wanted to watch this movie. (laughs) We knew from the outset, or at least I knew from the outset, this was going to be a terrible, terrible movie. I mean, also given away in the title. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think um, like a high quality, award winning, deep thinking movie would be called Shark Side of the Moon? I do not. Way to judge a movie by its title. I did. Part of the fun this week, which is fun spreading all the way till next week, is that this is going to be a double feature for us. It is. Because when we were searching for the movie with this title, we found another movie with another title. We found a few other movies. Turns out the shark exploitation genre is rife with quality. It is. And it has... Definitely infected Tubi, the streaming channel Tubi. Yeah. We will be watching this movie. Well, we, we did watch this movie this week. Next week, we will be joining you for Ouija Shark, which, again, just from the title is all we got. And we know that's going to be great. You know that's going to be great. You know it. Uh, there were several other shark-related Pun titles. I don't know how long we will go with this shark exploitation exploration. I mean, it depends on what we can stand. We yeah. might come back to it later after yeah. after yeah. a palate cleanse. But you know, if that's the sort of thing you like, Tubi has a lot of them. Yeah. Why did we pick Shark Side of the Moon? I mean, the name is the reason. However, we saw a TikTok video. Just out of the blue, it came up on my page and it said, we're looking for the best worst movies on horror movies on Tubi. And one of the ones that they found was Shark Side of the Moon. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I want to see that movie. I think more so you wanted to see that movie. I mean, we have a history of watching terrible shark-related horror movies. Sure. I, I mean, I would say... One of our most mentioned movies that we have ever watched together is Land Shark. Yeah, and during this search, we discovered there's a second movie called Land Shark. It appears to be a Chinese movie. That's not the right one. 
You want the quality American film Landshark. Yes. Yes. Incredible movie. So, Shark Side of the Moon, let's get into it. Russians are creating shark-human hybrids, keeping them behind a very poorly designed (laughs) fence. Yes. Yes, it is. That is cleverly escaped from, thanks to someone's careless use of a bucket. Yeah, throwing a bucket. And thankfully, these two scientists have enough self-sacrifice in them and enough smarts in them to trick these shark hybrids into a space shuttle that is ready and waiting (laughs) to be launched. Yeah. And they launch themselves and the shark hybrids to the moon. The shark side of the moon. The shark side of the moon. And then, you know, years later, what, like 40 years later? Yeah, I guess so. An American space shuttle is launched to do some exploration of the moon, as we do. Sure. I mean, it's really like Apollo 13, where they just have a series of difficulties. And it starts off with a little bit of radiation messing their course up slightly. Mm -hmm. But then... There's problems, and luckily, luckily, people, they got way off course. They were headed towards the dark side of the moon, as far as they knew. Yes. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. The moon had three sides. (laughs) Yeah. They were headed towards the dark side of the moon, and where they didn't want to go. They, But they were okay because there's a satellite over on that side that they could have used to relay communications to Earth. But, oh, they crashed into that satellite and destroyed it. I mean, in in their... Landing on the moon, they did conveniently manage to destroy every piece of equipment that might have helped them escape. <laughs> they, they specifically named the three things that could help them, and then they crashed into two of them on their way down. So they still went on a search for the third. So yes. that was good. It was some quality plotting. Yeah, I mean, quality. you don't mention this relay satellite in the first act unless you're going to crash into it ten seconds later in the first <laughs> act. <laughs> Yes. I noticed some also some very quality foreshadowing happening early on when one of the characters said, everything will be fine as long as we don't... Oh, yeah, the crater. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And, and you know, of course, that was the only thing that happened in the entire movie was that thing that they couldn't have happen. <laughs> and the list of things they are not supposed to crash into. Yes. So they need to find a way off the moon that they've crash landed on and they head towards the third thing, the one they didn't crash into, which is a Rover that they wanted to borrow some parts from because that's going to, that's going to do it. And Oh no, they spot tremors like eruptions along the surface coming towards them, which they spend an, an inordinate amount of time describing as like tracks of something yeah. driving. Yeah, they're like, like, they're actively <laughs> moving right now are those the tracks of the rover i don't yeah that was there were so many instances of that throughout the whole movie where they were saying things and i'm like did the people who wrote the script and the people who set up the (laughs) set of the movie did they communicate at all here's the thing they made the quality cgi of this movie after Filming, of course, they had to do that, which means it was written and filmed. And then the people making the CGI were like, okay, they're talking about tracks on the ground. So sure, the ground's ripping up and things are crawling towards them. So yeah, 
the, the characters are standing there looking at this thing, talking about how, well, it looks like maybe the rover drove through here. <laughs> and what we're seeing is dirt flying up into the air as something clearly travels underneath. And then once that thing has moved past, there is a chasm left behind. <laughs> a huge chasm. <laughs> yeah. What do they think the moon rover is doing? <laughs> I mean, it's environmental disaster. Apparently. Yes. No, it, it, it really, it's like the people making the CGI didn't watch the movie or, like, they barely, like, skimmed over the script. They're like, yeah. oh, something tracks. And they look ahead and they're like, oh, there's sharks chasing them. Okay, <laughs> I've seen this. I know how to make it look like that. Yeah. So, CGI-wise, this movie is full of CGI. Like, so much. Like, I think most of the movie was shot on a green screen as they were just bouncing around pretending they were on the moon. Some of them pretending they were on the moon. Some, Some of, them of them not okay. aware. Yeah. Or perhaps just not aware of the science of gravity. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. There were times when I was like, do they have them walking across trampolines? Because that's kind of what you would need. Yeah, that would that, be like, a good plan. moon movement. Yeah. But I don't think they were. I think there were just some people who were pretending that they were walking on trampolines and others who were just walking. Just walking. Because they weren't getting paid enough <laughs> to try to look like they were on the moon. Yeah. One of my favorites is that when they're walking around outside on the moon, I mean, here maybe they were right. They would be walking on moon rock and we'd see them there. There was no shadow at all. It was just them on the ground with nothing in between. And now I'm suddenly realizing they were on the dark side of the moon, so there was no shadow because there was no light. It was pitch black. Okay, here's the thing, though. It was nowhere near <laughs> pitch black. Now that's a good point. Which is why I'm like, there are three sides to the moon. There's the light, light side, the dark side, and the shark side. Which the title explains. Yes. Yeah, they were not anywhere near the dark side of the moon. There was light everywhere, and none of them were freezing to death. Well, what's fun about that... What's fun about that? Is that they met people on the moon. Sergei, the scientist who flew the monsters to the moon, sharks, and Akula, right? Yes. A very shark name. Don't very you shark name. Shark um, spoilers, shark name. Because actually, she's one of the sharks, even though she 100% looks like a human in every way, except she has little gills that we don't see except when she shows them. Yes, conveniently hidden underneath her uniform. Yes. Not underneath her helmet, you'll notice we're saying, because <laughs> no. they don't have to wear helmets on the moon. They have <laughs> oxygen things that they stick in their nose. Yeah, which that's the only problem with being on the moon. Is that you need oxygen, as we all know. Right. You just stick a little thing in your nose and you're fine. And it's not hundreds of degrees below zero. No. Because they're and, warm. And there's no lack of air pressure that would cause you to <laughs> literally explode. You know, in the 30s and 40s, they made movies about people going to the moon. Mm -hmm. And they just like would go there and get out of their rocket ship and walk around and say hi to like Amazon women or whatever. It was that. It was that. It was very much that. I feel like we know better now. In fact, there was even an Amazon woman. <laughs> I mean, she was an Amazon shark-woman hybrid, but she was definitely like a very tall woman with very broad shoulders wearing a very large bikini top. <laughs> yeah. 
And also her head was a shark head. Oh, yeah. The thing about shark-human hybrids is that they come in many, many styles. You've yeah, they Kula, really do. Who is basically a human woman with a few gills on her shoulder. Yeah. You have Scar, the Amazon, the buxom Amazonian <laughs> with a shark head. Uh-huh. You have Zarina Sella, who is basically Shakira with a shark head. Yeah, but she's so skinny, it's weird. Like, her arms are like sticks. Her arms were like <laughs> sticks. Like, they were, if you were to imagine the furthest thing from a shark thing you could possibly come up with. Yeah. It was basically that. Sure. With, like, Tim Burton-style fingers. Yeah. Uh, they also come in, like, basically a whale shark that chases you like a dog. Yeah, just kind of runs on all fours, and that guy was cute. He was a whale shark, but he had, like, great white teeth, which, you know, that's part of the hybridization process. Yeah. Also, human? I don't feel like they mixed him. Maybe they mixed him with a dog instead of a human. Perhaps. They were like, he's too big to be a human. We're not doing that. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was very little human in him. Yeah. And like, it just ranged from everywhere in between. Yeah. And there were hammerhead guys, of course. Which really brought up some interesting situations because like Akula basically was passing for human. Yes, she was. And then... Then there was this whole, you know, you're not human enough for the humans. You're not shark enough for the sharks. Like The humans actually seemed fine with it, though. So that wasn't very fair of them. I mean, they weren't fine with it. They weren't? That one guy. Remember, like, she saved his life half a dozen times. Oh, yeah. He was. I don't know. You have one drop of shark in you. Yeah. He was the racist. Yeah. Oh, he, by the way, was bad to the bone because before okay. this whole expedition launched, oh, right, right, right. one of the people on board the ship, as they're getting ready to launch, is like, oh, my tummy. And then the doctor guy on the ship is like, oh, seems like appendicitis. He used like one of those, <laughs> oh, yeah. one of those like radar temperature guns on her forehead to diagnose yes. appendicitis. Yeah. And so <laughs> they had to take her off the spaceship and they had to replace her with the alternate. And oh no, what's who's the alternate going to be? And we see a motorcycle driving down the highway and everybody's like, no, don't bring him. Because as you know, if you have a launch happening, if not NASA is about to launch a shuttle into space. They have alternates in place, mm -hmm. but they don't require those alternates to be, like, on site at the time. I mean, it's okay if they're at a biker bar nearby. Sure, they just need to be on call, is all. Yeah, so he shows up, and he takes off his helmet, and he's, like, a regular guy. He's just a regular guy. And through <laughs> the whole entire movie, he was just, like, a regular guy. In fact, I think he had some of the fewest action scenes and moments of like heroism no because he was a jerk yeah like what and also i mean was he really that much of a jerk or was he just mildly annoying well he was the one who was ready to kill all the baby sharks do 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 <laughs> and akula was not down with that she's like they're innocent children who haven't done anything wrong and you could tell because they were eggs but they were little sharks in the eggs going do do but they weren't doing that. They were actively sounding the alarm so that's that the right. other sharks would come kill the humans. So yes. I don't know how innocent they really, really were. They were totally on the team. I mean, what I wrote down was that they were just, the, the bodyguard sharks were just like shrunk down. It was just like a miniature bodyguard shark in, a, in an egg. Yeah. Also, 
I did a little bit of research. Uh-huh. It turns out that approximately approximately 40% of shark species lay eggs. Hmm. I wonder if that includes hammerheads, whale sharks, skinny, weird limb sharks, great whites. Great <laughs> yes. I mean, there were a lot of species up there. There were. But they were also mixed with humans. Who also, I would just like to point out, <laughs> do not lay eggs. No, I, I guess you're right. We, we'll look that up, but yeah. Um, which really, like this whole discussion, for those who have not seen this movie, is relevant because the plot of the sharks, who in 40 years had like up generations of evolution. Mm-hmm. Like, Sergei is still the same dude. He looks like maybe a decade older than he did when he got on the ship. Yeah. And we've got generations of shark evolution happening. Sure. I'm not sure how that came about. It's part of the development, you know, that they created in them. They Apparently. made them very adaptable. Apparently. Anyway, the sharks really want to get back to their home planet. There's, there's the home planet they share with the humans. Yeah, it's Earth. And they want to bring their their collection of shark eggs that they have made and they're going to take them back to Earth and then and then Zarina Sela will rule on Earth as she has on the moon. Yeah. Which I mean it's a good plan. It's a good plan all around. Is it? There's just one problem. What's the one problem? The guy who rides a motorcycle. <laughs> He's not having it. <laughs> no. They, the humans can stop them, which leads us to the climax of the movie, which I'm going to ask some questions about because I didn't understand it. Fair. This is my interpretation of what I was saying. There's like movies that at the end of them, they get all trippy and weird. And you're like, what is even happening anymore? Like, you know, like it all turns out that it's a drawing or something and... Somebody starts erasing the people in the movie, and you're like, what? Are you talking about, like, a Bugs Bunny episode? Yeah, well, yeah, like that, or like in Clerks Animated, <laughs> or whatever. Just weird, trippy things that totally turn the movie on its head. Yeah. This movie probably didn't intend to have that, but at the end, we've got Sergei flying his spaceship into the lava crater in order to detonate the lava somehow thus wiping out the sharks yeah because apparently the moon has lava inside yeah maybe it's maybe it does i didn't actually look that up i didn't think that was a thing um well there's a lava crater we saw it so there you go i don't know could be okay okay anyway apparently that whole like launching space shuttles in in a vertical position is just like a choice that NASA made. It's not yeah. necessary because Well, cuz up is space. Because Sergey launched his full on like I had a model of this spaceship. Like it was just yeah. it was just a model of a spaceship. He launched it from a laying on the moon position. Just scraped it across the ground. And then did like a like a Luke Skywalker like like zoom across the surface of the moon kind of yeah. Thing. This thing was ready to go and after then, 40 years. And then landed it in the crater. Yeah, that was the plan. And I really lose track of the details of the plan after that because it's a it's a mess. Yeah. But he's doing that while the other people are fighting off sharks with their 
moon rock blades that they use, the only thing that can pierce shark skin. It has a special crystalline feature that makes right. it very sharp, apparently. Yeah, very shark. Oh, oh. I see what you did there. Um, and they, they, they are fighting to give him time to get it started. Sure. But in the course of that, they're, so they're fighting Zarina, and she's throwing them one by one down the whale shark slash dog's gullet. Yeah, the fight scenes in this movie would just... I mean, it's the way you have to do it with all this heavy CGI and no budget. It was like they'd film the people swinging their weapon around, and then the opposite view, they'd show the shark waving their arms around, and you kind of have to guess what's happening between those two things. So, yeah, like she would just toss them one by one into the shark's mouth, and he'd just go... Whoop. Like he was like a dog. Yeah. It it was it was like Jonah and the whale. Yeah, and there was absolutely no like we never saw a shot of them in the shark. We never saw like dramatic, oh no, my friend's been thrown into the shark. It was just this one's in the shark now, and then we see some more fighting. And like what it took me a while to even realize that was them being thrown into the shark. Right. Right, I remember you asking how many side characters there were. Yeah, them to I think they were still, I think it was still showing all three of them fighting after yeah. the throwing. And then, after they've all been thrown into the shark, I guess, the lava catches up with them and burns the shark to a crisp. But also simultaneously somehow launches the whale shark dog <laughs> into orbit where he then travels across space and becomes a shooting star landing in the ocean on Earth. And, and they had a raft inside him. Yes. They all got out of the shark, I think. This yes, is only my theory. exploded into, yeah. now he's a raft. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was the raft. So they got out and they were on the raft. And that was great. Hooray. Yes. Job well done. We're back on Earth. Survivors are Akula the shark lady and two of the crew people commander tress and the bad to the bone guy yeah yeah uh, his name was michael as you would expect obviously so there are three of them on a raft and suddenly <gasps> oh no does akula have appendicitis <laughs> she because that we know Quick. how bad that can be get the forehead thermometer <laughs> they didn't have it though because no. they were on a raft which is fine because she actually she was pregnant because we learned, by the way, that the sharks, in order to survive, had adapted into uh, asexual reproduction. So that was happening. And she had a baby shark. And then suddenly there were like a dozen baby sharks surrounding the raft. And Akula announced, I must protect my babies and jumped into the ocean. And yeah. I think the idea is that, oh, no. Now the shark hybrids are going to take over? Yeah, I, I feel like it was the we thought we won, but now there's baby sharks around our raft. And after an Classic. entire movie of Akula proving again and again and again that she is reliable and will protect the humans, yes. at the last second, she has betrayed us because she has babies, which I feel like is some pretty messed up social commentary if you really want to, like, Delve into the whole passing as human. Yeah, that was uh, a whole mixed thing. Mixed race kind of yeah. thing that was going on with her. And it, that whole piece of it really left me with a very uncomfortable feeling in my whole yeah. entire body. 
There was definitely a she's one of the good ones bit in there. But turns out she's not because there are no good ones. You There's can't no trust good them. ones. Don't trust a shark. Oh, which reminds me, the grand finale of all this was that, well, maybe it wasn't the grand finale. At some point, anyway, they wanted to make sure they had a communication device with them so that they would be able to warn Earth that the sharks are not to be trusted if the sharks got there first. Right. That is important because otherwise people would have been like, oh, hey, sharks. Right, right. The sharks who look nothing like sharks, weird, walking sharks, alien human bodies with sharks on it for heads. Clearly, you're perfectly normal and to be trusted. Maybe. As you come in and announce that you're taking over the world. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They had to warn everybody. Yeah. So, like, I feel a level of discomfort in even how we've been talking about it, where I need to clarify, like, all of these <laughs> things that we've said about, like, they can't be trusted and there are no good ones. We're saying that all with, like, sarcasm and that's gross, right? Like, that's yes. super gross. How do you think this movie was handling that was this was that all inadvertent and they didn't realize the parallels that they were making was it advertent is that a word i feel like it's gotta be was it intentional in that they were like we're gonna draw these parallels and make a social point because it's terrible and they feel the same way we do or were they horrifically making that same point but like trump style like, that's what they actually meant. You know, I know the TikTok person who told us about this movie was saying how there was, there was a like a message in there about feeling like you don't belong. So, like, I kind of think that's sort of the thing they were going for was this Akula feeling, you know, like she doesn't belong with either people and she had to make friends with the humans for them to be like, hey, we, we will take care of you and realize humans are great. Sharks, not so much. So I will turn on my people. But that's my thought, is that they didn't understand what a dark implication there is to that. Well, yeah, all of it was all of it was just really upsetting. But then the end, like, I, want, I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're like, okay, we're like, this is satire. We're like making this really bitter, jaded point, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the end, she's just like, oh, now I have a dozen babies to take care of. I'm going to go take over the world. I'm out. Yeah. Thanks for the ride. Which yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know how to fit that in with like any kind of actual appropriate yeah. message. I mean, I think for, for the writers, that was like segmented off. They're like, at the end of the movie, a hand pops out of the grave. So here's yeah. that hand popping out of the grave. I mean, okay. I guess, but also, come on, think harder than that. Yeah, it was something. You can't make so many obvious racial parallels and then at the end be like, oh, we're just going to stop thinking about that and we're just going to go to some like, yeah. oh, set up the next movie trope. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was upsetting to me. The other piece about it that was upsetting, and again, this piece could have been satire, was that Akula knew she was a shark hybrid, mm-hmm. but had been raised her entire life by this one human and had so deeply internalized oh, her self-hatred yes. Yes. that like, she makes some comment about wanting to get off of this rock. 
This rock is the only home she has ever known. That's true. Why is she so eager to leave the one thing she knows? Human or shark or hybrid or whatever. Yeah. Like, why is she so eager to leave it for this other place? Because Sergei has told her how great Earth is. He's wrong, though, because he came from way back then and it's gotten a lot worse. (laughs) He has no idea. There was just a lot going on. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole thing that internalized self hatred was there with, you know, how she would react to the sharks. And she's like, oh, they're terrible. And, but you're one of them. Like, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some, something there. I mean, honestly, a lot of it as satire could have been like, uh, there was a thing. There was definitely a message there. I always worry about which way the message was intended. And even depending on how it was intended, which way the message is going to be taken. Like, who is the audience watching this movie and how are they going to interpret this message you are sure. presenting? It's not smart people is the, is the target for this movie. I mean, we were watching it. I know. That's my point. Yeah. So, and then, and then just even beyond that, there's like the hyper genderization of the sharks <laughs> and shark clothing. Apparently, these sharks who have super evolved on the moon in the last 40 years, at no point were like, you know what? We're sharks. (laughs) We don't need to follow the gender norms of Earth-human clothing. But I think the thing is they're sharks, so they went with, like, you know, a beach party look because they're sharks. They did. The guys were all kind of wearing, like, like knee-length... Board shorts. Board shorts, yeah, yeah. Um, And then... The girls were definitely all dressed to, like, go be on the beach around a bonfire. Yeah. Like in the 1950s. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. Completely unrelated to everything that we've talked about, there was a moment of um, growing up in the 80s PTSD right at the beginning when they were showing footage oh. of NASA flights and stuff. There was a bunch of stock footage of, of space, shuttles. space shuttles and people getting ready to get on space shuttles. And there yeah. were people walking in astronaut outfits. And I am, I didn't go back to look, but I am 99.9% sure that it was the folks getting ready to get onto the Challenger shuttle. Hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, wait <laughs> a minute. Are we going to start off with a, the Challenger exploding? Like, where is this story going? Yeah. But it was just some stock footage. And then we moved on to something else. It was just showing that. Americans launched space shuttles and Russians couldn't do it. So they had to build shark hybrids. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There was that like generation X moment of trauma. Just hinted at there at the beginning. Yeah. Ratings. Something I thought about while we watched this movie was this idea that Modern technology, just in the last five years probably, has made it really easy to massively increase the scope of your movie. An indie movie from, you know, 1990 was going to be like a one-room affair. You know, everybody's just in this room and they have to solve a problem. And it it affects the kind of story you're going to tell. It's just a story about people in one room or walking around a single house, whatever it is. Clerks was made very cheaply and it was about, it was because he could use the uh, quick stop, the convenience store where he worked and just film at night, things like that. But today 
you get a green screen for 20 bucks and you can create anything because you can render it in a computer. But what that means is you can go far beyond what you're actually capable of doing. So, I mean, this is a massive, elaborate thing. They flew big rockets to the moon and there were shark people and they were, you know, traveling along the moon in lunar rovers and stuff like all that crazy stuff. But of course, they didn't need any of that. They mm-hmm. just needed a computer and some very questionable artistic skills. I feel like that's allowed people to overstep their skill level, basically. They're not writing the story they're capable of telling. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I can do anything. And mm-hmm. then it's just garbage. And of course, this movie opened in the first one second with the words The Asylum Presents on screen. So you knew it was going to be right. quality. <laughs> and they they didn't just make a bad movie. They were doing it on purpose. They were having fun making something cheesy that we would go, ooh, Shark Side of the Moon, let's watch that. Mm-hmm. And they succeeded on that. But when you've seen seminal works like Land Shark. Exactly which is all about counting sharks and eyebrow acting. You come into something like this and you're like, I'm, I know the genre. I know the, the area I'm working in of terrible shark nonsense, but the quality is not the same. This is not land shark and it could never be land shark. How, no matter how hard it tries. So to be judged in this genre, I would rate this movie two and a half chainmail hats out of five. I think you can have fun watching this movie, but you would have a lot more fun watching Landshark. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I agree with the things that you're saying. I think the difference between something like Landshark and something like Shark Side of the Moon is that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I don't think Landshark understood what they were doing. Not to... They, they, they made... Like comedy bits in there, but yeah. yeah. But like the eyebrow acting, right? I think there's a difference between a movie that just has eyebrow acting in it and a movie that is like eyebrow acting is funny. Let's put some eyebrow acting in. Yeah, like there's a fine line there. And to be clear, this movie didn't. They didn't even try it. No, they didn't. Which... They knew not to mess with the classics. Sure, sure. But then there wasn't anything similar to that either because mm-hmm. Shark Side of the Moon was too self-aware of what subgenre they were aiming at. Yeah, definitely. And and that might be what some people are looking for. I prefer, like you do clearly with your rating, I prefer a little less self-awareness. It, it comes across as trying a little hard, I think. Yeah, it does. That being said... I'm not sure about the writing of Shark Side of the Moon. I'm not sure whether it was intended to be what it is or whether it just was naturally as stilted as it was. I mean... There were just every single response to every single thing that happened. Okay, one of my notes was they're not even portraying the level of excitement that one would expect from someone who just was like getting to make a movie. (laughs) Because like, we've had some of those. Yeah, I'm thinking sure. of the one with the with the plate of vegetables. Anna. Anna. 
they were so excited to be making a movie that that came through. Like you could see every scene. They were like, oh, now we get to do this. And that is also something that I can appreciate where they're like really into it. And you're like, oh, you are trying so hard. That's adorable. Yeah. But like these guys, it's like they were told we're making a terrible movie. Make it as terrible as possible. Yeah. But everyone who was involved, like all the actors, they weren't really, it, their heart wasn't in it. Yeah, I like it's a kind of a big corporate version of yes. that sort of thing. They were just cogs in a shark exploitation wheel. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to rate mine a tiny bit higher than you did because I do appreciate like some of the absurdity that happened at the end. Some like they went all out with like, how can we make this make as little sense as possible? Yeah. The whole Jonah and the whale aspect at the end. And that's how they got home. That was, that was something. It was a fever dream. That was something. Like why was she even throwing them in there? Yes. Well, clearly it was part of the plan because they were all like, Mwahaha, we got her to throw us back to Earth. Or, yeah. You know, we rode our... Don't throw me in that whale shark. Whale shark hybrid back to Earth. Yeah. So that, like, the absurdity of that I liked. The absurdity of, like, the mild callback to the appendicitis of the beginning. But then it turns <laughs> right. into she's giving birth to live sharks, by the way. Yeah, she is not egg-based. About shark eggs. And the babies that actually make it to Earth are not in eggs. Mm-mm. Because just, we know most sharks do live birth. Right. It's those little <laughs> touches that just I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give them points for some of that because it was manic in its yes. chaos. So I am going to give Shark Side of the Moon three chainmail hats out of five. Yeah. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. I'm going to keep my hot tip of the day brief today. I'm going to say, really think when you are, when you see somebody sharing a message of some kind, political or otherwise, in in absurdity, I just ask that people consider the implications of that. Like, I'm all for satire and absurdity, but in our, in our world today, Reality has become so satirical and so absurd that, I don't know, There's I feel like there's a layer of exploration and thought that needs to be added to it to really understand the implications of those things and whether they're actually adding to the world the message they think they're adding or whether they're just fueling more of the like flat earth anti-vax madness that has taken over so much of the population. Appreciate and spread those satirical, sarcastic messages, but perhaps do it with a little thoughtfulness. You know, it's funny because I had the thought while watching this movie that, you know, with all this modern technology and CGI and everything, this movie really makes a statement against moon conspiracies because you see these people trying to make it look like someone's on the moon <laughs> with all that technology, and it's not remotely convincing. No. And no. yet, back in the 60s, somehow they were able to make very convincing video of people on the moon. Somehow. Anyway, so just, you know, thinking. I guess my hot political tip for the day is just be as thoughtful as you can be. 
That's good. And early voting is right around the corner for Texas. It's about a month out. I have heard for some other states it starts even earlier. So make sure you know when early voting starts in your area and be ready. Get out and vote as early as possible. You never know what will happen. Yeah, get it done. So we'll see you guys next week with the second part of our double feature, Ouija Shark. You can go on Tubi and check it out for free. Tubi is free, everybody. It's got stupid ads on it, but who cares? I literally cannot wait for Ouija Shark. We'll see you guys then. Don't forget to contact your elected representatives. All the baby sharks. Do, 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 do.